about to make a song called Tidal Wave. Should I do it right now? I bet. Shoot your shot. Bought on live, bought on live. Bought on live, bought on live. Shoot your shot. Bought on live, bought on live. This shoot your shot. Yeah. Never has. I like it a lot. Yeah. I got the rock in my hand, bitch. So we got a shot. They don't speak my language. We don't gotta talk. We've been gone for days and they don't gotta stop. Well, it's uh, it's my favorite time of the week. It's bottom line. I thought it was sunset time again. Uh, honestly, sunset time is my favorite time of the day, but this is my favorite part of the week. Sitting down with you, Steve. Uh, let's. I'd like to start here. Just past the birthday, had a uh, had a nice little. I would I would call it an extravaganza, but you didn't last very long. The night. It's probably one of your worst. You know, it's crazy. I put on a great party performance. I put my party pants on for real every day throughout the, you know, throughout the year. And then it comes to the birthday and drop the ball. Not necessarily drop the ball because I had a smile on my face while I was doing it. However, just not a, not my best effort. I yeah. guess we, we call it that. You could argue, you could argue it was a great effort though. You had, a, well, you went out and played, uh, Pops came into town. Pops came into First town off, and played golf. Pops is uh Pops is a fucking legend, dog. We, uh, man, me and Blue were geeking all night because it's like a fucking legit, like, as you get older, you just realize that you're just like a, you just, what the hell is that noise? <laughs> you just realize as you get older that, like, you're literally just a smaller version of your dad. And you, like, he's like a spinning, he's just like older, but like, we went out to part, we were at Bevy, and me and Blue were just geeking because you guys, he's, his vibe is so similar to you. Oh, well, it's, it's better when you get to a point with your pops where you can actually go out and, uh, and have a good time and party a little bit. Yes. Yeah. Your whole time, whole life growing up, I feel like your parents are always trying to keep you from doing certain things like that. And then when you get to an age where your 28th birthday, where it's just kind of another day and another birthday to, uh, you know, to have your pops finally come out to the old town and hit a couple bars and rage. And uh, I think by the end of it, he is firmly aware now of why, why you're uh, here, why Scottsdale is such a, such a thing. And that, that was even the coolest part too, going out, playing golf, getting to see the life that, uh, that I'm living here that uh, has made me so happy. I think he sees it and it's fun to, uh, you know, to have a good relationship with uh, with your pops, especially when you can come out and shotgun a couple Bud Lights and uh, have a good time. Did he, he played, uh, he played pretty well. He's a good golfer. He's a good player. And uh, he came out here and, and had a good time and hopefully I can get him out here full time now. Um, we talked off screen a little bit and you can go into as much depth as possible, but I think it's an interesting dynamic and actually like something I've wondered about, like, your parents, I guess the first part of it I want to ask is like, you have a kid, you know, you grew up in a small town where you guys grew up. Your kid, you watch your kid go on and like continue to kind of exceed expectations. And like, I could relate on a much smaller level, but like being from Rhode Island, you know, a small place and like kind of always just like exceeded the expectation of the local people around and what the neighborhood was thinking and what they thought you could do, right? And you go... You know, you go to A and M and and do what you did. Uh, what what was their reaction when the like the overnight sensation happened? Where it just obviously the Alabama game is what you can pinpoint. But when you go on and have that year, do you remember? Like, can you recall back to like what the dynamic was? Yeah, they didn't know how to handle it either. As much as I didn't know how to handle it, and coming into 
a newfound kind of stardom. You know, they equally had as many people coming up to them, reaching out to them, running into them. And it, uh, I think it threw the whole fam for a loop. You know, I think, uh, I think it was something we had to all adapt and, and figure out on our own, and some handled it better than others. I know my sister for a while, all she wanted to do was fire back at people on Twitter or Instagram or whatever it was, just defending her brother. And it's, it's, uh, it's hard to keep everything intact and in-house when so many outside hands are reaching in all yeah. the time. Yeah, so... And opinions, outside opinions, outside hands, people coming up to them. Um, well, at first, I'm sure everyone's just dick riding them, you know, like as, as that's what you were experiencing. I could imagine on every level outside of people who, you know, fucking Longhorn fans that hate A&M or whatever it may be. Outside of that, I mean, there wasn't much negative that could be said about what was going on for the, you know, obviously freshman year and, and what, what went on up, up all the way through the Heisman. It was just praise, I can imagine. I think it was just hard being notarized and just, yeah. just noticeable and out in public all the time. My parents lived in College Station, too. My sister went Did to they? high school there, yeah. So Oh, shit, I didn't know that. My, uh, my fam, um, when I got dropped off at Texas A&M, my family kept going and moved from Kerrville back to Tyler and then... You know, a year and a half later, they decided to move to College Station. So they were there for the uh, the whole rise. You know, I got to go eat dinner with my parents once a week. I still got to have That's a tight. you know a good sense of family. Now, were they aware of what was going on off? You know, last last episode we talked a bit about it. it was the first time I really knew that you were kind of you, you kind of explained it in a way that was cool to me. You you kind of said it kind of encapsulated your whole vibe, like that you you thought like kind of being the guy you were off off the. Uh, off the field and like sending it was kind of part of your whole vibe and what made you yeah without a doubt what made you tick were they were they in your ear were they chirping you about it I mean they were uh, they were I don't I think I was good at you know keeping it from them and mm -hmm. and you know the thing I've learned about back in the day um, as I look back at it now was I would go through or do anything necessary to make sure that you know what I was doing was uh, you know as low key as possible for the most part. And social media was a real until thing. Until it got that, impossible. Yeah, until it got impossible. Until um, every single day or everywhere you went, there was a camera in your face and every move you made um, was essentially public or on Twitter. Yeah. Which is just as bad. Now, you met, you mentioned something um, about notoriety. And uh, it's something I've felt myself like, I don't know, I've been in a little bit of a funk. And I, I actually check myself and think about you a lot because there's a lot of athletes they could have none of the turmoil that you went through, right? They just have a, they have a steady career. They're professional athletes. They, they could excel, you know, or they could just be, you know, your, your average you know, player who has a, has a healthy career. Um, and it's a very typical narrative that when, when the, the final play is, is, you know, the final play is played and they got to start the next chapter of their career, or not their career, the next chapter of their lives as human beings, they don't have to worry about 95% of the shit that most people worry about most of their life. Like most of them are set for life financially. You know, they have, most of them have families and people that love them, but it's, it's a challenge. And it's, it's a very typical narrative of guys kind of going off their rocker a little bit, or at least internally struggling with the transition to normal life. And I bring that up because of the notoriety aspect. To me personally, knowing you, it seems like the less notable you got walking around, the happier you got. I think there's a correlation between when I got the most well-known, I knew myself the least. So when I started to get fame and started to have a bunch of people come around and you're pulled and tugged and you're, 
I started to get away from morals and values that I had been taught from the very beginning. And when I got away from those, uh, I got less and less happy. And through that, I tried to have material things or trips or I thought I needed this or that to fill those holes of happiness. But I think the biggest thing about now is I'm the most happy being a regular ass dude. That's all I wanted to be after I got, you know, well known was just normal, was just normal again. And and that's why I'm so happy right now. I can go do certain things and the way I move right now is just that of a typical dude because that's all I am. So when did that, it's it legitimately like, it's what I see just being around you and I see it. When did that, was it? So you, is that genuinely the truth? So as soon as you got famous, um, granted your shit's at a, was at a really, really kind of unrelatable level, even, even to me or to a lot of people who have success. When you, you're saying as soon as you got famous, you kind of wanted to go back to the normalcy of just not being noticed. I feel like most people, and I know, I thought I'm pretty good with it, but I, I find, you know, I, I would find myself like kind of like, oh, ooh, I'm getting noticed a lot. Like, it's cool, you know, like. Well, there's always that, there's always that, that fun part of things as well. There's always the perks. There's right. always the passes. There's always a ton of things that you do to go out and have fun that uh, it's a lot easier to do if you're, if you're famous or if you have star power behind it type of thing. So did that get your rocks off? Were you, was it part of, uh, do you think it was part of why like you couldn't really get a gauge, you couldn't get control of it? Even when you, personally might have felt like yeah like you know this is getting out of hand or i need to kind of tone it back what was like the driving force was it more so you just wanted to go out and have fun because that's what the fuck you wanted to do i or? think i think while i was in college when all this first started my play on the field was mirroring you know everything i had worked to get to where i was at the play was fine the play didn't decrease you know no matter how many times i fucked around off the field i still went out on saturdays and balled and that wasn't the case, and that caught up to me 100% in the, in the, in the NFL. It just, uh, it's, it's, it's not sustainable. It's not sustainable when you're running it on both ends, you know, physically with what you're doing. And then, you know, just being emotionally just a wreck, not knowing how to, uh, not knowing what to call these bad days that people have, you know, not knowing what to call it or, or even being self-aware to know that when you wake up that one day, you feel like you just don't have it. How am I going to get through the day when I have to have it, when there's no other choice but to? And I think, you know, through a lot of it, I just, uh, I didn't know what this was or what the feelings I was going through, you know, emotionally um, to be self-aware enough to dig myself out of it and fight harder on those days or start doing other things to better myself or put myself in a better position to cope with those days. I just didn't know what they were. I didn't know what a, what a wave of depression felt like. Did you, did you experience that when things were good on the field? Or was, um, was, it, was it when it all kind of started crashing down on you? No, I think there was a point in time throughout, you know, the transition of leaving college to the NFL where, you know, I lost confidence in my ability to play the game at a high level somewhere. And I searched for it for, you know, a while. You know, I didn't feel like I was... Um, playing the way I'd been capable of or playing the way that I was in the past. And it's because, you know, the time you put into your craft, I wasn't putting in enough time to get better. And there's people lapping you up, you know. Exactly. And you're leveling, piece by up, piece. You're leveling up to a whole other level of talent that you're competing against, a whole other level of preparation that. But that comes with the, the whole thing of this comes with the, with a sense of like ego and, and arrogance to think that because of what I had done in the past, I was destined to be good in the future. Yeah. That it was all going to transition on its own. 
Um, there's, there's no way to be living that wrong in so many aspects of your life but have things go right. You can't outrun it for yeah, it forever. Catch, it catches up to you. Always. 100%. Yeah. It's, uh, it's ironic. I feel like 2020, um, you can correct me if I'm wrong, just knowing you as well as I do and getting to be around you a lot more frequently this year. Um, ironically, it feels like 2020 is like where you got your feet back under you. Uh, would you say, would you agree with that? Like this, this was the year? We yeah, talked about think, birthdays. I, it's been and, a, I would think it's been a big, big turning point for me, but I think a lot of things just kind of started to happen in my life around me that just kind of all happened naturally. The, the way I got out to Scottsdale was coming out for a weekend to um, hang with some friends and go to a golf tournament. And I look back, and almost nine months later, and I'm still here. And I'm and you're, you're in, like, in the best place that I've ever been. You're like royalty in Scottsdale. <laughs> I think I'm just one of the dudes, man. You I, are. Um, yeah, I enjoy, for different reasons. I like, enjoy, yeah, for so many different, different very, like, different avenues and different, well, different things different reasons that people from that the, Like, you, you've been royalty in Texas A&M. Oh, and, without a doubt. But it's a whole different reason here. The people it, actually just got to know you and, like, fuck with you as a person. Th and that's 100% what it is. It has nothing to do with really anything nah. that's happened in the past. It's just been straight love. Most of the guys are way more well off than you or I. You know, yeah. like, you're, you're with a very plugged-in network. They don't need you for anything, but... They fucking want it. Seems like they just want to have you around constantly, uh, which is. I mean, I think that that's got to feel good for you when you get back to what I was just talking about. Where when you, when you think about athletes and like, I had Trevor Bauer here, and we were just talking about this a little bit. Like, more or less, you're like when you're doing something at a public level and you're getting so much love and attention for it. It's what you you start to like that starts to be who you are that's your like oh, your whole being as a human is like this you know and then you kind of lose touch with relationships and like everyone showering you with this love and attention and it almost blurs the lines of like who who's really loves me who who doesn't that you know most normal people when i say normal that just aren't you know experiencing like attention from the masses um, they don't have that hurdle. And I try to shine a light on it because it becomes hard to differentiate like real life from like this, this persona that's, that's more or less, you know, it's a part of you, but to most people who know you, that's all they know of you. Yeah. And it blurs the line for you, you know? And I feel like it's a huge part of uh, like that, what I talked about athletes after, the, after they hang them up, it's hard to go back to that and like, have to establish like the true relationships again. Like, not that people don't love and respect you still, but it just it goes down abruptly and yeah. aggressively, you know? And I think that's kind of the biggest difference from what I've seen from you. You know, I don't I don't ever think I never say, oh yeah, Johnny like loved the fame and attention. Cause I really never thought that. You were just in it. You know what I mean? You, it wasn't really like you chose it, but it just feels like now you actually can like Look yourself in the mirror and say, at least you know who, you, you know, like you said, you know who you are. It's, it's obvious from my, uh, from our angle, you know, it's, it's something that. I mean, there's a big, there's a big transition period in, in looking at yourself and looking in the mirror and, and being considered a football player. And then once it kind of goes away and I accepted the fact, I still looked at myself and everything that I did, you know, is that. And there was a long like transition period of when I started to look at myself as just a regular dude trying to figure out what I want to do next. How long did it take? Is it, was it just, it's just recently, right? Like this last. I, I would say, I mean, it took from the time I, last time I played in Canada to, uh, 
to then. I mean, it probably took a year or a year and a half. Are you happy? Are you so happy to not be dealing with TMZ chasing you down? <laughs> yeah, it's just nice. I mean, uh, it, I still go to LA sometimes and and yeah. run and run amok on Sunset or uh, I'm out and about, but it's way way nicer getting it once a year rather than you know once every Wednesday. Now speaking about <laughs> we're talking about shit that you don't miss. What's uh what's the biggest part of it that you miss? Just that that chapter in your life. I think it's just the, the thrill is the thing I'm still chasing the most. I'm still chasing the thrill of being out there and the and the uh, and just running around and getting fucking smacked in the mouth. I think that I, I think remember that's, you saying that to me. I think that's why. Uh, so you liked getting fucking whacked. I don't know, or something like uh, you know, whenever I was in college, we'd start a lot of games with a with a quarterback run play because I played it way better whenever I would get hit and feel the flow of the game a little bit. It it uh. You know, I, I wasn't m much of like a bitcher or complainer when I got smacked. I got hit a couple times, and uh, it's different when you see stars a little bit after getting hit under the jaw. But I think there's a lot of aspects of my life of things I do now, like jumping off cliffs and roofs and like some like certain like thrill things in life Even, that I have to keep would, around or I kind of go fucking Would you nuts. say the partying fills that void a bit? Uh, it, it does, without it a doubt. It gives you a fucking it, rush. It, I mean, it does give me a rush. There's nothing more I love than going out with my boys on a Sunday and getting a fucking table and betting a couple college fucking football games and letting it rip. Mm -hmm. Like, that's who I am. That's who I'm always going to be. And, uh, yeah, that's a thrill. If you put six of my boys in a bar in Old Town on a college <laughs> football Saturday, I'm going to get a little bit of a thrill. Yeah. <laughs> um i want to i don't want to skip past this part because i think this is important i think this is imp i think this is going to be a, something that in my in my hopes evolves into something that 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 helps a lot of people i, I already know just from our conversation just the you never know podcast we had um there's a huge impact uh in regards to you know the psyche and uh just being able to share thoughts on like the hard parts because i know Dude, I, I say this to myself. Like, I'll be in the trenches. I legitimately use, sometimes use you as a reference, like pulling yourself through harder things. And and people go through harder things than falling out of fame. Yeah. And people think people go through much harder shit than I do. I know that. And that's kind of almost, it almost amplifies my shame in myself because I'm like, stop being a bitch. You know what I mean? Like, but it also helps me, snap, you know, when I look my and kind of just slap myself in the face, be like, all right, wake up, you know, like it ain't that bad. The majority of the things that I, ha I have, like, you know, in the past, it's fucked me up or put me in a dark place or, or created a lot of uh, the mental problems that I think I had in the past. A lot of it is, is all, it's not really real. It's all just self-made illusion, fear and an illusion. It, all, all of it is what, what, you know, what were my problems that, that I mentally drove myself, you know, wild every night couldn't get out of a dark hole what, what are my problems in reality then at that point in time what were they you know i've had times where maybe have been you know money or this or that but in the uh in the grand scheme of things all these problems i created myself in my mind i mean and and the bigger the bigger thing is like that shame it it's when you have when you know like you're not being honest with yourself or like you said, you lost touch with the morals that you know, like at the core, it's not you. It gets, that's when that illusion, those walls get higher and higher. You start living in that box that you've built and put around yourself, you know, like, it, it, you know, it, it's one of those 
it's an illusion. It's all, it all exists in your head. And you're really the only guy that can like either build those walls up higher or knock those walls down. You know, yeah. like no one outside of you can really do it. You know, no, I've had, a, I've had, you know, a lot of people in the past try to get me to every doctor, every person who had gone down the path that I went down. You could have put anybody in front of me and I wasn't ready to go do it myself and figure it out. And a lot of the things too is just, I have a more simplistic, simple mindset these days that, uh, that doesn't let my mind wander and get to a place like it used to in the past. My, my needs and my wants and what I have are, you know, super simple compared to the young, ambitious guy to have everything take on the world, fuck you attitude, you know, yeah. I, I used to have in the past. Yeah. It's, uh, I was just texting with Blue last night about it. It's back to the basics, man. Well, yeah, what do I, what do I nearly, really need, man? Back to the basics. Got a roof over my head, got a car to drive, I got great friends, I have people around me that love me and care about me, I get to play golf, our relationships with my family are great. These Life are the, is good, man. I'm healthy. These are the things I'm that happy. Yeah, I'm I'm with it, man. What, what more? What more can you need in a simplistic world? Like, what else you need? I got it's, Mr. Steve here, man. Fuck, got a Mr. dog in the house. Mr. Steve makes everything better. Look at this guy. <laughs> fuck, severely overweight, but what a fucking god! What a beauty! What a dandy! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I uh, shit. I um telling you man i don't i don't in this day and age it gets it really really is hard to achieve what you're talking about and i i could really say like no bullshit i could really say that i, I think you i think you're doing it i think you're living what you're saying like it's not like every time i walk by i see you out here looking at the, you're in a better mood than i am 90 percent of the time where you know it's in this day and age it's a fucking challenge man there's there's so much going on there's so much uh access to comparability and so much temptation to go look over there and kind of take the blinders off and like look around be like always kind of wanting the next thing you know and especially when you come from a level of experience that you're at it's hard to do it, man so that's why i'm so happy to I i'm think, happy to fucking see i, I it. think this this whole podcast what the podcast stands for you know we always said we wanted the message of what we're talking about on here you know, to help people, for people to be able to relate to it and be just a normal, you know, just a normal dude's conversation of what what we go through on a daily basis. And I think it's funny that we're using each other throughout this process of doing this podcast and doing this on the days you don't wake up, you know, on the right side of the bed or having one of those days or, you know, whether it's an afternoon or what or whatever it is, I think, you know, the energy that we have in this house is uplifting and super positive to the point of even where you are having those days, you know, it's easier to keep pushing through. I just, I just said that to Blue last night, man. I had kind of just, someone was saying some. I was listening to something. It was just like, you got to acknowledge the things that are good in your life. Like, if, if you can really genuinely put the attention on that, you know, like, and say it, you know, like, we suck at communicating. We're a bunch of guys, like, that have been around each other forever, like, it's it's hard to it's hard. I suck at communicating. I think, ironically, doing a fucking podcast. But I think this is a medium for me to talk about it in a way that like makes it less. Because I'm just such a dude about it. My ego, like you know, like you got to tell the people you love them that you you love them. And and really, bro, like I mean, I, I've talked about this a few times. This tattoo of who cares? It's a skeleton holding up. Like it, it's really when we die, bro. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be like. We're going to we're going to think about the family and the friends, you know? We're going to think about 
the good nights we had, the ones we can remember, hope, you know, <laughs> um, but you know, like that's, that's going to be, that's going to be the shit. Now, now money is a tool to go experience things like this house we're in and we're able to watch this sunset. Like we're in a little shit box down at the bottom of the hill. It'd be harder to achieve that. But ironically, I go by a lot of those people and a lot of those fuckers seem happy as hell. You know, like there's a, there's a level to being at this height where you get, can see a long way this way and a long way that way. And that, that, that kind of comparability and thinking about what's next where, you know, sometimes when you never get that high, you're kind of just focused on the ins and outs of your day. Are the kids in bed? Are the kids healthy? Are they, get them to school? You know, like those types of things, you know? And it's, it's, uh, I don't know. It, it's really something that like I have, I've have, I've had trouble putting, putting the focus on it. That's why I think that's why I'm into the shit I'm into. Cause I'm, I'm at least self-aware that I'm not like, even the shit I'm practice, I'm preaching, I have to practice it better. You know, I have to, you have to continue to push yourself to practice it better. Uh, and I think, I think that's what, really, I think that's part, partly age, but I think it's, it's part of being human, bro. Like, I, th I think there's a, a long, you know, period of time until you, you know, realize it or understand it. Um, where you think you have to be perfect at everything you do and the, and yeah. the little mishaps that you do have or the missteps, you know, that they aren't part of the plan or they aren't okay. And I think for a long time, I, uh, you know, that's how I felt about it. And now I just know that it's a continuous effort, a continuous day by day, just overlook of what you're doing in your life to just keep stacking blocks and chopping wood. And it's so, so cliche and so corny, but it's really the only way to look at it. You know, I, uh, you, this year I've definitely put more smiles on my face and had more good days than I have I bad days it. for sure. And, uh, you know, that's a good year for me. All I want to do is go into next year and build on the same thing. You know, and it, it's, it's, it's wild it. to think that, uh, you know, in the craziest year, you know, we've been alive for, um, you know, I found peace and, uh, and a little bit of, you know, and a lot of happiness and just chilling out. And, says, a, and, says a lot about, says a lot about alone time, the importance of self-awareness as, as the world is slowed down, you know, you, you've had a lot of, uh, who knows, it might've been different if this was on and popping and, you know, like fucking hoopla of scottsdale and you know like yeah. you there was a limited version of that and and you know obviously in the world a limited version of of all those those temptations and distractions where you could actually shine a light on yourself yeah i think it's good just to have to, the ability to unplug a little bit too you know it's scary that uh you know you look on your phone these days and you can see how much screen time you spend on this app or just on your phone in general emails whatever and uh you know playing golf I've started to find myself just turning my phone off or putting it on airplane mode and just put it in my golf bag for three and a half hours and if for three and a half hours I can't go outside and be you know in the shining perfect weather with my boys playing golf you know what am what am I even really doing why, why am I so lost and caught up in the wrong things or or what's right. happening on this right you uh I touched on the nights we don't remember. I was, uh, we just had Caleb, the barstool guys here, and uh, he asked me a question that I thought was interesting and I thought to ask you um, because, you know, tor you know, notoriously one of the better partiers in the game. I think, I think it still stands true, uh, just a tank. But do you, do you, uh, is there any party that feels bad about the shit that you don't remember, the nights you don't remember, with all the shit that you've experienced? Because I, I have, I've had, I have, I've had probably one hundredth of a comparability, and like, 
I've done a lot of wild shit. It's been a long run. You've had a good run. I've had a good run. But dude, not at the level, you know, like I wasn't fucking going from Diddy's party to Scott Disick's and flying to Vegas in a disguise and fucking flying. You know what I mean? Like there's so much. um, And and I know how much I forget. And I've gone through times where I like kind of feel bad about it. I wanted to ask you, like, do you, do you feel, do you have, does that ever cross your mind? Yeah, I, I think there's a the, the main thing about it is just how I treated some people moving around and like the little guys throughout it. You know, when you're uh, lost in the sauce like that, I think it's really easy to skip over the people um, that aren't necessarily, you know, doing everything. But it's like the smaller people around. But for the most part, I think I learned a lot about myself through those through the nights and through the partying and through everything, you know, through the bad and looking back at it now, you know, through the bad, I think I found something good whether it's 28 years old or whether it happened earlier i think i've uh you know got past it to be able to be a way more stable version of me and i think it's because some of the things i did in the past yeah Hmm. i got i had this quote from a book i want this is uh we're we're we're, this is episode one of steve's book club (laughs) bottom line um i don't hate that idea this exit we should do steve's book club but i i thought of you uh when i read it um it said, thank the people who hurt you. They showed you the meaning of pain, specifically pain without reason. When you get the shit kicked out of you for long enough, you have the tendency to say what you mean. And I think, I think that's about you. I think, you know, a lot, most pain is self-inflicted, like you said. But thanking the people who hurt you and kind of when you get, you've been down long enough, it just stops you know, stops mattering as much what everyone thinks. Cause it's just like, I've already been through that. I've been through the rigor of that, you know? And um, it seems like that's, you know, that might be why it's, you seem so fucking happy to me. You know, it, it seems like that's, you've crossed that, that threshold. Well, it's crazy too. I mean, <clears throat> I kicked the shit out of myself for so many years. It's amazing what, you know, a little bit of self-compassion and, you know, being okay mm. with some of the negative moves and, and really being aware of what's going on enough to like care about yourself and love yourself a little mm-hmm. bit instead of kicking the shit out of yourself every day. That got me nowhere. Mentally drowning and beating myself every mistake or every fuck up or here we go again type of attitude that I created for myself. Um, it was just a, a nonstop ass beating, you know, of myself, just me doing it to me. It's uh, another thing that I, I don't somebody had said uh, something I was watching, just like, Pay attention. Think about it from this sphere. Like if you were to be able to kind of like overlook yourself and like overlook your internal dialogue, you know, like the people you love, your niece, you know, I think of my niece or my sister or whoever or my friends, right? My, anyone who, who I love. I'm never, I'm never fucking talking shit to them about, about, you know what I mean? Like unless something is like, really really like wrong and needs to be addressed because you don't want to be a yes man or whatever like there's obviously things and times in your life where you have to have hard conversations with people but the self-talk that people you know i'm I'm reading so much about this and i started realizing how like my self-talk has changed or or even just being aware that there's like some there's me listening (laughs) this sounds like some hippie talk but it's really how i feel like there's you listening, your consciousness, like your, your awareness of like you're listening, like the voice in your head is talking to you. So there's a listener and then there's someone talking and you realize like you would, ne- 
you would never talk to the people you love the way you talk to yourself, ever. I realized that. I was just like, wow. Like, I would never. I, you're chirping yourself all fucking day. All day. All fucking day. All day. And, like, I see it with all my friends. And, I, you know, it's, it's part of I just read this book, Untethered Soul. We have Steve's Book Club. Um, it's fucking really incredible the way they, they break it down kind of in layman's terms and, like, open my eyes to this, this self-talk dialogue um you know and and i'd love to hear your take on it but that's kind of what you just said like you started having a little bit of self-love a little bit of compassion for yourself and you're able to be happy now all of a sudden if you were four years ago sitting at this house which you had some fucking amazing houses sitting at the most beautiful spots but you could all you could see you know like all you could see was like the darkness because really you called it the gray mm -hmm. um where it's just not, you're not able to see it. You're not able to see it. And nothing's different about the reality. It's just your self-talk and your, your lens is just so foggy. Um, Blue, Blue helped pull me out of this this week. I think I hit a little roadblock with it maybe over the last like week or week and a half. Did you? We're playing, uh, we're playing beer pong the other night. <laughs> it's my natural reaction to shoot and miss a shot and be like, fuck. Yeah. He's chirping me the whole night. No, Steve, that was the best shot you've ever had <laughs> in your entire life. The second it left your hand, it was so beautiful. And, you know, he said it for a while. It was probably 30, 45 minutes went by. And after every shot, I found myself like, damn, that was my best shot ever. Like, I'm fucking like, yeah. chirping myself up, hyping myself up. And it's just so simple and so small of how negative and hard you are on yourself. And that voice in your head that tells you, fuck, instead of, Oh, let's figure it out or do this to get to the result we need to, even if there's a roadblock. Isn't it special? Isn't it just unbelievable how special beer pong, beer pong yeah, can fucking do to you? No one gets it. Like, they'll be like, oh, you guys did grow up. You're not in college anymore, bro, playing beer pong. I hope to play beer pong well into my fucking 70s. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't know what it is about it, but there's the, all those little... Ball don't lie. We are playing beer pong... That's it's a ball don't lie was the term. And that's kind of like where we like landed on this whole thing. We got tattoos on our hands that night. Um it's a big ball don't lie. It's just so special with the I mean, you could say that for sports. You could say that for sports. That's yeah, all know? of it. It's competition in general. It's just also just a really solidly made fuck around game. And yeah. I love it. You said something about compassion that I actually wanted to bring up, uh, not in regards to self-compassion, but just compassion. Like there's there's some there's something to be said you know everyone's going through their version of the trenches right like whatever there's there's some people have nothing wrong with their lives but they're going through the fucking trenches inside their head um but when you do make it out personally and i've tweeted this before like the level of compassion that you're granted from experiencing it and being like whoa shit, shit can get dark you know like it, it kind of adds another layer to you as a human where you're like i think it makes you a better fucking person like today we sachi me we went to the gym we're walking out and this guy comes up it's a homeless guy and he's just like in the most nice nice way like asks if we could get him a meal and uh of course like we go and get him a meal we order a sandwich we're sitting there talking and uh he was just so fucking like kind you know, and like had dirty hands and like told me how he's been living in this homeless. Um, it's over by the, uh, what the fuck's the word I'm looking for? It's outside of the shelter. It's like this jet, like kind of like tent community that he was living in. And like, he's been robbed five times this month. He just got here from Detroit. 
and uh just like it's a really gnarly situation like living over there as you can imagine um but dude like nicest guy nicest guy and i thought about it i was just like when you go through the trenches you know that that's even so much more inspiring because he's literally standing in the trenches like he didn't make it out Mm -mm. he's asking for money for a fucking meal he hadn't eaten all day and it was like 6 p.m you know and uh just fucking put it into perspective for me man it's crazy what it can uh what it can do you know but i think personally until i had a really big ego and shit until i like was humbled by life and whatever the reasons were i felt myself changing for the better so i try to say that to people like if you're going if you're in the mud like if you really keep going you know obviously that a big message from us but like if you really keep going you actually are like if you're looking at like a video game like you're collecting coins you know like you're collecting coins if, about being a human there's a lot of levels it's a lot of layers it's to a one a it's, it's one step forward you know, yeah. you're just trying to go one step at a time and, and make it through it there's a lot of days that you know you feel like you may never get out of that mm. you may never get out of the trenches you feel like certain times that motherfucker was in the trenches knee deep and he was still as kind, nice as could be. Just kind eyes. It's uh you know, throughout a, a a lot of the last years, I think I've lost a lot of uh, you know, animosity and hate, you know, that I had in my heart, whether it be for, you know, people that had affected me in a negative way in my life over the last eight or ten years. You know, I was at the point where I held grudges and and didn't like people and you know, now for the most part, you know, I have time to to have that kind of negative energy just like balled up inside whatsoever. You know, I've completely rid myself of any hate or any malice that I've had in my heart over the last Man. You know, 10 years. And it's... It makes you lighter. It's, it's been super freeing. Now, you know, do I say that I don't have times of still outburst or getting pissed off or, yeah. you know, whatever it is? Of course. Yeah. You know, I went and played golf this year. I broke every single fucking club in my bag one day. <laughs> I thought you were kidding. They're like, no, he literally snapped every, no, every, every one. So, I mean, I still got it in the tank. But as far as towards another individual um, or anything like that, I have no hate or, you know, malice for anybody. A cool and way and it's, it's, it's free. Now I'm just trying to be nice to people and just stay on my own lane and keep growing as a dude. It's weird, man. I almost feel like as the days go by, that shit makes me feel better than the, than the winds on paper. The winds, the winds that no one's watching, and, I, and I'm referring to winds as just being like, if you know you're genuinely being a good, good person and you're, you're trying, like even just with conversation. Someone came up to me at the gym today as just an example. I was thinking about it when it happened. Like, I, I felt myself like almost wanting to tune the dude out. He kept talking to me. And I was just like, no, nah, just this is cool. Like, you know, he's being nice, and we talked for 15 minutes in the gym. Like... I always, I ne- didn't really realize that I would, as soon as I wasn't rocking with like the conversation, like I'd be there and I'd be a good shell of myself. Like, oh, dope, man. Cool. Yeah. You know, but I would, I wasn't like engaging. I catch myself doing this all the time. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's easy to have the, you know, the feel that we say that we have as far as meeting people or reading people, because mm-hmm. I do feel like because of how many people I've met, I do have a good, you know, energy of that you know i believe in that and it's hard to uh sometimes maybe have no feeling at all and somebody comes up and talks to me like this and i react the exact same way and mm-hmm. then have to tell myself to snap back in it this this is uh yeah. but i'm 
I, I think, I, well, at least personally, it feels like, you know, we'll have a big business win or something, you know, like that shit used to be, that used to be the, the shit for me. And it feels like as the days go by, like we have good solid days with the dogs and, you know, everyone's happy and get a good dinner and we're, I feel I'm happy with the way I'm treating people, but also I'm happy with the way I'm like just seeing the the mundane day of day of life. Like that shit probably energizes me more than a win on yeah. paper. It's fucking awesome. It's, it's crazy, but it's also like something that's been very hard for me to, I'm just, tr I'm trying to understand it, but it feels as though like that, those, that's kind of what becomes more important as, you know, as you get older. I think until you're able to sit and spend some time with yourself and just start becoming self-aware of this and, and break off from the world or what normal is and just spend some time with you, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy what will happen around you. I said this the other day, when your vibe is right and you know, you know, you're doing right in the world and doing the best that you can, or at least trying to, it's amazing what happens around you. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk about, we touched, I think I brought up Vegas. What was the, uh, you were, were you, did you become a Vegas legend at one point? Was that like a year of your life where you like legendary in Vegas? I want to, I want to say I've heard that from multiple people. I don't, I don't know if it was necessarily a Vegas legend. I, uh, I went to Vegas with, <laughs> you know, hopes of recreating a real life scene from the hangover. Mm -hmm. That was it. Did you ever succeed? More than once, probably. <laughs> What was the disguise or the costume? Like you just knew people were on you, but you had to go anyway. Um, what was it? Mustache? Like it was like a cowboy. I or just something, think it's. It? It, I just think it's harder to give just less of a fuck or a half of one. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was just. Uh, you had no fucks to give at all. At that I just point. don't think I was happy or, or in a place to where I could really release any anything. I felt like I was just so pent up and unhappy doing what I was doing, playing football that. I said, "Fuck it, I want to go. Uh, I want to go to Vegas." Yeah. And what was it like? Week? Oh, like were you in the NFL 16, or is it A and M? Yeah, no NFL. We probably one of the last weeks of the season. Yeah, and just had to send it. I mean, at that point in time, I was liable to do just about probably anything to have a little bit of fun. Do you think if you went somewhere besides Cleveland, like I actually asked on on Twitter uh, earlier today, or just before we talked, and I saw someone ask this, just like. Ask him if, you know, if the boys got him um, and being being around home or where he grew up, uh, you know, do you think it would have went any differently? I mean, I think for me and, and where I was, I think I was just super vulnerable and susceptible to the world around and being pulled in certain ways. And, you know, when I first got to Cleveland and I fell into the little hole I did, you know, I went with what I had known best and it didn't make me feel like shit. And that was and that was partying mm -hmm. or going and and. You know, traveling around and fucking around pretty much. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think there could have been other situations in other places where, you know, it could have worked out. But yeah, it's hard it, to say exactly. I, I mean, for the most part, I kind of stay away with the what ifs. You know, I'm almost at the point now where I think what if it was fate for me to go do what I did, get a chance to live my dream and play football and then move on to something else. Was. So, you know, I'm, I'm always look back at it now in a way that, you know, whatever happened has happened for a reason and it's happened perfectly yeah i just don't know it yet yeah i'm gonna be great at something else or you know whatever i want to be moving forward and for now you know yeah we're chilling i love it you i'll be honest even given the new the newfound uh balance i'll call it or freedom 
fuck, still got still got a lot of fuel in the tank when it comes to just getting after it with the boys. It's not even hard. No, it's, I think it's, it's uh, just in you. I think it's just you know my friends right now in my life being out here and, and being away from home and starting over again is you know my boys mean the world to me right now and mm-hmm. you know going out and having some fun with them or just shit we're watching sports right yes. now we got a game every day. We were just talking about uh, you mentioned the boys. We were talking out by uh, the hot tub. For those listening, can I get a hot tub? Uh, for those listening, uh, I'll be completely honest. It's hard for me. Probably my biggest struggle, because I'm not a fucking interviewer. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I'm just winging it. When we have conversations, like we literally have conversations like this, <laughs> like constantly out, out on the balcony, whether it's fucking sunset or just in the hot tub or whatever. Um, but we talked about something recently, and I, I remember you kind of mentioned about being with the boys, which you're like me. A guy's guy in a lot of ways. Like, I know you used to. I think on the Y and K podcast, you talked about like you were you were a guy who always had a girlfriend growing up and just through college and even obviously with Bree uh, when you were what is that the NFL? That was the NFL year or after it? After after it. Yeah. It's uh, where do girls lie in this whole thing for you? Because I know I know we talked about it a little bit, but I thought it was a cool conversation. Like personally, I. I I find myself having a battle in and out because I, I know I'm living a life that's uh, not super conducive to having something steady, you know, and having something that my parents have, yeah. you know, and I go home and I see that and it's that grass is greener concept where you're not really living it. You see it for a few days and you're like, hmm, you know, that would be pretty tight to have a wife that like I really truly loved and, you know, make a family someday or whatever. Um, but I also find myself now becoming more distant from girls because I think it's I think it's an evolution, like a maturity, you know, like I used to give it to anyone with a pretty face who was interested, uh, you know, and I still I'm still, you know, I still have that that bone in my body. Um, but there's a level of like maturity emotionally where it's hard for me to to uh, share myself exactly like I, I I think that's a good way of putting it like you know just had well, a few nights just recently had girls here and i just man they, they were they're cute too but it's just i can't get myself to share myself uh or share my energy like i used to um and it's made me sometimes i worry like oh i'm getting like at this rate i'm just gonna drifting further away from having a relationship or something but i don't know i think it's and you're dude you're a dude who you have that, there's a comfortability in an energy when, I, I talk about this on the podcast a lot, when you're comfortable with yourself, girls are super comfortable around you, truly. Like if you have a doubt or an ego where ego is a lot of it's based on insecurity, just driving girls away for the most part. You know, like obviously girls want to fuck you if you're famous or you're good at something. They don't give a shit about your ego, or your personality yeah. necessarily. But you have that tangible comfortability um, I think you might have even had it. I wasn't around you as much when you were like kind of at your highest level of fame. I'm sure you did because it's just who you are. But I wanted to get your way in on like where you because you're a guy who had girlfriends, not having girlfriends now, but gone through a marriage. And you talked about it a little bit like what that did to your psyche and how you see things now. What do you think? Uh, is there a part of you that like wants that later in life? Or? Yeah, I mean, I think I've got away just from where my life has gone, just away from 
you know, traditional values. I don't think there's not a, you know, something down the line that, you know, I want to have a family or be married again or anything like that. But for now, you know, I'm still trying to figure out so much of me and what I want to do next that I'm taking a time just almost being selfish in that aspect. Yeah. You know, I, um, I'm free right now because I don't have to worry about a relationship or looking for a relationship or doing anything like that. I'm out vibing. Of course, we're talking to girls. We're hanging out, you know, things like that. But, you know, I'm not necessarily making it any priority of mine to go out and look for a relationship or anything like that. And I think I'm just trying to vibe with the way life's going right now. And I think this is what we talked about. It's just, it's freeing. I don't have to wake up and worry about, you know, uh, all the headaches that come with a relationship and how much that really takes away from your energy, from your time and, and, uh, you know, going towards a goal. It's crazy. We live, uh, really like you said, selfish. I say that a lot. Like it's just a very selfish lifestyle in a lot of ways. Um, childish isn't the right word, but it's very like juvenile, like our lifestyle and the way, the way this life is like artists or athletes or people who aren't working a nine to five and kind of doing the traditional aspect. There's a certain level of like adulthood and maturity that like, yeah. And I don't, I don't think I'm ready for it yet. I don't even I don't think, think I'm I, ready for the idea of what a real actual relationship is right now. I, I think my idea of what I thought it was in the past and probably what I still think of it is super fucking flawed. Facts. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't saying you, I'm saying. No, I'm saying in general. Yeah, it's facts. No. <laughs> no, I'm saying it like out loud for myself too, man, because shit. I know my version of it was very fucking flawed, very much, very immature version of, of Without that. a doubt. A very selfish, very immature, you know. I think I looked in the past at some, relationships as just some sort of safety blanket and comfort and, and yeah. regularness. Did you find... um? Did you find did you find like comfort in that genuinely or was it you know like when you uh like the marriage right I know that was a hard time for you I know and I know I kind of know the answer but I think it's a good point of conversation Can you credit like any of I guess the comfortability that you were sorting after through that relationship did you get it Um yeah of, of course you know I I think I did, and then it got to a point where I just almost used it even more for my for for myself, being mm -hmm. selfish. You know, and I think I've been extremely selfish in almost every relationship I've been in. And for now, I have no headaches, I have no worries because I'm not looking for that. You know, I'm looking for, you know, what is next in my life that's gonna make me tick the way I need to to be. To where do roof. you uh, where do you want to go next? Are you even? Does it? You you could say I'm not even. I don't even know. You know, I. I've been saying this a lot. You could literally drop me anywhere in the country, anywhere, and I could come out having a good time, making friends, being happy, with just with where I'm at with myself right now. So, you know, what's next? You never know, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. I think, uh, shit, man. I don't know. I'm, uh, we're, I'm, we're in a very interesting little pocket of our lives. Um, I think us joining up at this time is, is interesting. It just adds even more flair to it because I, uh, once I left LA, dude, I, I kind of realized I was valuing some of the shit that I didn't think I valued. 
you know, I was valuing, um, you know, being with the girls and and some of the, the the night, like just some of the things that would happen in L.A. that were really cool and and the house and the neighborhood. And I upended very abruptly. We kind of all and like all the dogs were like, yeah, let's dip, you know, but I was probably the only one once we left that like kind of felt like displaced, you know, like everyone else was <laughs> fucking rock and roll. We went to Nashville we went home, we came here. I want to say I was the only guy who really had any difficulty with it. You know, it's, it's, but I personally think like the main reason the decision to, to leave happened came to me and we did it. It's cause I know I needed, I needed something new, you know, like I know, I just know there's really no growth in knowing what you like, you know, what you know, you know, like I know that life. I did that life. Like not to say, by any means, I think we're going to ramp up, you know, like in that, in the world of music and media and doing what we do. And if we don't, we don't, who gives a fuck, you know, but like there was a part of me that like was trying to hold on to that, even though I, I was the one that wanted to leave. Yeah. It's like, you know, like that certainty and just like the security of it and the security is a fucking illusion, you know? So I'm personally like, <laughs> we're, we're moving out of this house in a month and we don't have a fucking plan at all yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, but I think we're leaning towards like going with wind a little bit, man. That's, you know, that's for, for me right now where I'm at, I want to live, I want to experience a bunch of different things. Like, like you said, I don't know what I don't know whatsoever. I want to go out and try new things and continuing to live life and, and see what this life has to offer. Mm. And I put so much of my time in the past to, uh, you know, whether it was growing up sports, the whole thing, school. You know, I don't know how much time I've really just got to sit back and relax and have the ability to just travel around, go around and, you know, do what I like doing and, and uh, you know, share this message of what we've been doing on this pod and what we're going to do moving forward. You don't miss the L.A. shit at all. Not at all. I, I don't think about L.A. whatsoever. <laughs> I like going back. I like being on vacation. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I did everything you could want to do out there. You did. You did. Maybe Maybe a little bit more than you should have. <laughs> guys a legend in, the, in la um man i think this was a good comment anyone there's any other things we should bring up want to go to delilah i was thinking bottle blonde okay <laughs> <laughs>